Kyle, you're a legend. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, um, thank you for having me. Um, um, I don't get asked on podcasts all that often. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of straight into it, I suppose. You know, um, thanks. Thanks for like three years. Like, how fast did that go? You were 27. Now you're 30. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, 20s are gone. 20s are gone. 20s have gone. gone. You are now matured. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> um, 20s um, are boring anyway. Uh, I, 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 23. <laughs> 23 was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> 24 as well. I'm trying to think of what my <laughs> 20s were like, but uh, non-memorable because of self-infliction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mine, mine very similar man there's a lot of gaps yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm starting to forget how old I am for the first time yeah, yeah right and I'm only 28 yeah right. no. you you are um, you are this is like another body for you you're a mature man yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure I, I am always impressed by guys like yourself Al who, who at such a young age can pull off like awesome things like what you and Mark did at Tableview and both of you very young to really pull off such a successful joint um, yeah kudos and well done and I'm really excited to chat to you today and get a bit bit of a, a different side of the coin to what we got from Mark like last week we spoke to Mark and that was very much the the barista's perspective and yeah. and Tableview is an amazing cafe and there's you know, Nico and I were chatting yesterday. There's not a chance that it could have been successful without the team that you were together. Yeah, I'm sure of it. You know, like I would be very surprised if Mark could have had the attention to to operate the cafe while maintaining the coffee quality, yeah. and and likewise, you maintain coffee quality while running a cafe. And you know, they're both it was very, a good good union. Yeah, it was. So yeah, well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think in some ways being young was an advantage because... Um, Naivety? Maybe, yeah. Maybe partly. Because I think maybe I wouldn't... Have, first of all, I don't think I would have got into it if I um, had known more. Myself, personally. Not Mark, because Mark always wanted to have a cafe. But um, I initially agreed to, to sort of start with him and work there for six months, or about six months. Um, and... Had never really had never managed the place, never had a position above being just a waiter, um, and yeah, had I been a bit older, I might have realised uh, it's it's unlikely that I'm going to get out <laughs> if I <laughs> if I start with Mark. Um, but get I'm, get I'm, out alive. Yeah, get out alive or get out quickly. But I'm 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 glad I didn't. I, I'm glad I took it on. And also, I think um, uh, maybe when you're younger you are more willing to take risks. I'm, mm. I'm not sure, but uh, like that, we... That's the naivety I'm talking about. You, you know, you think you, you step into things without... Fear, no fear. Yeah, no fear. Yeah, you perhaps yeah. don't realise yeah. that it's a risk at the time. Yeah, all the, enorm- yeah. All the enormity mm. of it. Mm. And maybe mm. also you accumulate, as you get older, you might accumulate more responsibility. Yes. Like if you have kids or a mortgage or something, um, that can make a big difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was probably part of your success there was in the, in the first year having family around that could support you, um, um, you know, more than just um, physically and mentally and, and, you know, cooking your food when you get home so that you don't have to worry about that. And oh, yeah. But, like, but, but, but just having that support, that, that network... 
absolutely you know and i think mum and dad like they're legends um yeah um and good <laughs> advice they've got great advice and they've run their own businesses before yeah so oh, sp- well, definitely you know so i suppose that's that's the first question right it's like you know what's it you know you <laughs> i'll go back a step love that you've come in to chat to us and what i'm so excited to talk to you about is that is that most people that we speak to are coffee people and mm-hmm. they're starting a cafe yeah you know, so I really like to hear about your story. Um, um, but not being a coffee person, I mean, you are now. Yeah. By kind of. By brute force. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and how it was for you, like, you know, um, you're not a coffee person and, and, you know, you don't really, you know, you're not a barista, and, um, but you now know about coffee after working with Mark mm-hmm. alongside him for three years and with us. Um, so... What's advice for someone buying a cafe? Um, or opening a cafe? A non-coffee yeah. person or just either, anyone? E- either or. Either yeah. or. Because, you know, it's not about coffee then. You know, and, and this is really important, I think, because, you know, coffee is important. But mm. the yeah. business is more important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's a big commitment, like, first of all. So... There are, uh, an obvious thing is, like, do you want to do, do you want to work really hard, long hours, for quite a few years, and be willing to constantly um, adapt and change, and um, not just in terms of, uh, not just in terms of what you're producing and serving, but in terms of like uh, yourself, like how how will you operate? in the business and can you uh, I don't know it's a bit difficult this question <laughs> like it's um, I think you're on the right track I think that's the 100% yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the point is it is difficult that's it yeah it's, you know. it's hard it's, it's really hard and um, but I think if I think it's just about it's a matter of having the right attitude in one sense in that you have to be um, willing to go through the shit in a way like you're gonna have you're gonna have really bad days. You're gonna have really bad um, interactions with either staff or the general public. Things are gonna go wrong. Um, someone's gonna come in drunk or hungover. A uh, piece of machinery is gonna break down. It's gonna be extremely busy. People are gonna be angry with you. And if you um, if you at the end of the day are able to look at that and say, um, next time that happens, I'm gonna do better. Um, then you're going to do well. And if you say, uh, God, I wish it wasn't like this, you're not going to do well because it, it is like that. And um, every, every day is like that. Yeah. And, you know, and there, there is something every day, right? There's something every if day. Someone gets a bad coffee or a bad experience or, yeah. or you know, the chef's not feeling well or something happens every day, right? And, yeah. You know, they're, de- they're defining moments like almost every day of, of, of trade. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, so I think if you, if you come into it with the attitude that, like, uh, it's easier said than done, of course, but uh, no matter what happens, I'm going to move forward every day, um, then you have the chance to be successful, but you also need good fortune hmm. as well. Like, you, you can only do so much, and then at a certain point, you have to be fortunate. Like, I, I mean, I was fortunate in that I had my brother, <clears throat> who's an excellent barista, um, and is incredibly consistent and was equally as committed um, 
and then also, as you said before, really supportive parents in terms of um, not just you know running out to get something that we need desperately, um, also putting us putting us up rent free in the beginning, which is a huge um, it was a huge load of our shoulders financially, and then also of like most importantly being there to support us emotionally um, in a difficult uh, yeah during a difficult period, especially for young people who haven't had that experience because it isn't well, like can, can, can I interrupt there and say can, on that note what was your first three months like mm. yeah difficult um, because uh, see for Mark I think it was a bit easier in a sense because he was he was a barista and knew what to do but I, I I'd never worked uh, I never had responsibility in a job I'd only ever just uh, yeah been, a, been on the floor and um, observed how other people in leadership positions had done it. Um, and then also just the volume of things that were required of you, you might not realize before. Because when you're, when you, when you're employed by someone in a cafe, um, you see them at work, but you don't see them at home. And of course, you have a sense of what's going on, but there's so much. There's so much because... There's obviously like getting the ordering right, getting the roster correct, um, bookkeeping. There, you're the, just you're the, just five exactly. people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that back end stuff um, adds up to a lot. Um, and then also, I think uh, when you when you're inexperienced, especially um, when you look at cafes and you see them busy and doing well, or, or at least appearing to do well, um, you think that you just open up, uh, stick a price on a product. And then you make money, um, but it, uh, I think uh, the there, first there, there's that one thing that no one considers GST. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, GST, ten percent of your profits are, are instantly taxed. Yeah, and so I think um, yeah, the first three months were a very steep learning curve. We also opened um, in summer, like so, <laughs> the busiest time of the year. Um, which has its has its benefits. Yeah, you learn, you know, trade, you learn quickly. Trade, well, <laughs> trades. Well, trades. not a problem, right? That's no. you're not trying to you're not trying to build trade. You know, no. that, that's not the problem. It's staff wages and costings, which is the problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and you still guys, you know, did extremely well in those in, the, in those first three months. You just did. And, I, and on that point about you know um, fortune, you know, being lucky. Yeah, I think you create your luck as well. You know, oh, yeah. you, you know, you you um, yeah, you, you you chose a business that was ripe you know it was ready to go it was yeah. it's north facing um in an, in an in an environment where you know in southern hemisphere north facing what's what you need like if you want winter trade you want sunlight people come to cafes and you know, that had 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 the had the north facing aspect um it was small enough to manage by yourselves but big enough to be profitable um um you had good support around you you chose a great coffee company to work with. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, and I think that, you know, the fortune part, you know, you were realistic about that, you know, in, in, in ticking those boxes. I mean, you didn't choose the back street of Byron, uh, back, sorry, the back street of Bro- um, uh, Brunswick, yeah. which faces south, which could have, would have been terminal, I think, for you guys. You know, that's just not facing um, the right direction, you know, I think. Yeah. You know, that, that, just that looking out the window and seeing sunlight. Yeah. But also, in some ways, that, that it's true. But also, that that space was for sale. Yeah. And so, um, had there been another one, like south facing, um, 
You might have done I, it, right? I, I don't know. We could have, yeah. yeah. I hope he would have made the right choice. Yes. But um, and I certainly don't think it's all good fortune. Yes. Like, uh, I think you put, you put um, the right... You do everything you can, and then at a certain point, a, a certain percentage of, of the success is fortune yeah. that you can't yeah, control. Totally. totally. Yeah. yeah. But you have to do that other bit, and that bit's... Yeah. It's a lot of work. And it's so, so what did you do in the business if, if, if Bro was making coffee and doing, um, looking after that? Yeah. I think the first, like the, my, I try to have general principles and then from that everything else followed. So the most important thing for me was always that um, will the customer have a good experience? And that's it. Like it's very simple. And, it, and, um, and once I had that in place, and it, it took a while to, it sounds silly, but it took a while to come up with that because initially I was, I was thinking more about the processes, about um, like thinking about wait times and about uh, like the sequence of service, um, getting water to the table, clearing tables, all those basic things which are really important. They, they all allow you to give the customer a good experience. But when I started to think about um, the giving the customer a good experience, um, it meant that uh, I didn't have to be so driven by the system. And so I, I, and you, fo- I, you focused on the things you could control right now, and that is the experience. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that's something you did really well as a customer. You know, even, you know, for me, I'd turn up and sit down and there'd be a menu and water and coffee. Boom. The yeah. essential's done. And if you get that as a customer, like... Life's good. Water, coffee, menu, and then come yeah. back for the come back for the order, and then get another coffee, yeah. and then eat your food, and then get another coffee. Yeah. And you've had three coffees and food and water, and it's just awesome. That experience is so awesome. Just mm. that. That's yeah. that's all we need to do, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think um, giving people attention, uh, like, is that's really important because if you can't get to someone if they're waiting, um, but you're really busy, if you just a small thing like um, saying. I'll be right with you. It shows them that you you are thinking about them. You do care. You are showing attention, and you've acknowledged their existence. Exactly, they're important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were talking we about was, that earlier this morning, weren't yeah. we? The how how that can just be lacking in some cafes, and how critical yeah. that just but but but, but mere but, acknowledgement. But it, but it might not be intentional. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm I'm sure that no. I, I'm sure that in most cafes there's enough care and love that they mean that but just to be able to just to walk past mm. someone who is just wanting <clears throat> to be right with you and, and, and to know they've been looked after you know that someone's identified their existence and it just clears up the whole thing of like is it table service do yeah. i go to the counter like yeah yeah you know it's just like cool i can chill yes yeah yes. Um, i mean yeah. I'm, I'm sure everyone working in hospitality or the vast majority of people care they care yeah, they, totally they, they, yeah. they like the cafe they work for they're probably very loyal and they want to succeed succeed but not everyone has at the very forefront of their mind acknowledged customers and yeah. and that was like you guys did that great like you know you you instantly knew what to do at table view yeah and and some cafes that's not always the case so yeah hmm. and i think that's because that was the um because we had that that well established that principle like make sure people have a good time and a big part of that is, do they feel comfortable? Do they feel comfortable? Do they feel acknowledged? Um, because I also think a lot of the time, you know, in, in hospitality as well, we often complain about customers. That's pretty, it's pretty common. Mm. Um, 
but a lot of the time it's not the customers it's um it's the way we it's the way we are um they're good at reflecting us yeah so how how did you when you sort of had this realization epiphany transformation (laughs) to the point that i want the customers to have a great experience like what what were obviously recognition but what were some of the other factors that you changed or you you implemented um well i think initially as well um i wasn't sure how to like you know when you go into a place and everyone's like super super friendly but it feels fake Mm. because they've been told to be super friendly um i don't think i did that in the beginning but i i was certainly aware that i didn't know how i should sort of like pitch myself as a person like dealing with people and some people are really they're people people you know they they really interact with people very well they're really social and extroverted i'm not like that i don't think but um and so i thought well maybe i should like try be super friendly like uh like some people but i'm not like that um and at a certain point i i when i sort of came it's, it's not an epiphany so much. Like it's it's so obvious, isn't it? Like, it's a realization. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a realization. But I thought um, it allowed me to be like a tuning fork. And so some people come in and they want to have a conversation, they want to chat, and um, and then you you you, can, you develop a, a sense of that, and you feel that, and then you um, and then you do that. Other people just want to order their coffee and um, wait outside for their takeaway, and they don't want you to chat to them because they don't care. You know, and that's fine. It's yeah, like there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. But when you um, and, and and I think it's about not having an attachment to to that person's mood. No, it's just it's just what are they after? Yeah. And if they want to have a chat, that's mm. awesome. Let's have a chat. Meet you people know. where they're at. Yeah, but yeah. but it takes a certain level of maturity to to um, to identify that, and yeah. a certain level yeah. of you know self confidence as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think. Um, yeah, as you said, often people take that on. They they take on other people's emotions and moods and feelings too much. It's hard not to. Like if, if someone is cause, because because I always wanted people to be have a good experience. When they didn't have a good experience, it was hard not to think um, that's my fault or what could I have done better. What could I have done better that might be a good thought to have. But it's not good to to carry that with you the whole day or after mm. the day and be ruminating well, that, that, about that it. That eats you up. Yeah. You know, and, 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 it, and I think it's the it's the it's probably the the most painful part of owning a cafe is yeah. is that that luggage or baggage that you take home with you yeah you know and, and during the day it prevents you from from doing your job well with with other people yeah, as well. yeah. It carries on to the next customer and the next and and we've all been customers that have been dis, dissatisfied with something before yeah. and we know that that's I think when you go from customer to server. Yeah. You know, you know how much it sucks to not get the experience you expected. We, so, yeah. we uh, were at a, a a prime example of that last week together, Mike, uh, just servicing a coffee machine. Um, yeah, and and just the atmosphere, man, was it was like it was really difficult. It was not fun to be around, was it? Yeah, you yeah. Could, you could feel that sort of the. The barrier between the servers and the customers, and yeah. and they, they, obviously, they the staff at that place were working really hard. They were v- really under the pump and had been for 
many days. Yeah. Mm. And but it showed, and and they were carrying those it just tired tension. Right? Yeah, they were carrying that tension. Well, but it does wear you out. I mean, you know, you yeah. know that does wear out. You know, it, it, it's a fine line between you know emotional, um, you know, giving emotionally like to your customer, and because yeah. you kind of give so much before you need a day off or yeah. or, mm. or time behind the dishes or something to try and you know yeah take a break take a break you know and, yeah and hey and giving to your maybe your leaders as well you know sometimes you might be in that position where you're in the middle and you're trying to please the yes. people you work for and the customers you serve and that can be hard if if um yeah i think pro- well, isn't yeah isn't totally aligned. totally yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah and that's why i think it's important for people in positions of management to lead by example because you can you can like if i told um if I told uh, a, someone on the floor that what's important to me is uh, making sure the customer has a good experience, that's very vague. Mm. It's a very vague thing. It's much easier. It's much easier just to say, just to say, when the customers come, say hello. Yeah. Give them, greet them with a the menu. Grab some water for them. Ask for their first coffee order. Because yeah. if they do those four things in that order, generally the customer feels. Yeah. Okay with that. You know, that's that, 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 that's all they really want. I mean, you know, that's, that's why they've come. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And, and and then I think staffing, like choosing the right people, that you did really well with that as well. You know, like that's um, what I was going to say. Is know, like do that naturally. Have an open, you know, friendly, um, hospitable nature. Yeah. Naturally, they just do that. They've obviously been brought up in an environment where that's the norm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because if you want. Um, as you said, like you can give people a system to follow um, that doesn't really rely on their own individual uh, capacities uh, for for judgment, because that, that's the thing. Like, uh, let, let's say you tell people um, when a customer comes in, get them water, get them menus, take their coffee order, um, and then they'll be happy. Um, sometimes that that might not be possible because you have too many things going on, and you have to determine how do I prioritize this. Um, but someone who's able to to think to themselves, oh, if I just say I'll be right with you, um, then th- that'll diffuse a situation. Yeah. But they have to have that that potential. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, getting the right people obviously is got to be one of the most important things, I think. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I think also if they see you the way that you do things, if, if you lead by example, um, the right people will, f- will figure out what to do and adjust that to the way they are as well and that was also that was actually a very important thing is that in the beginning having never been a manager um, I thought it was more important to have those very clear individual steps which is important like uh, you can't just tell people like uh, go do the job now they need to know what you expect of them like on a very um, simple level but those higher order principles um are, are more important, uh, like ultimately, I think. And so did you find a way, outside of purely leadership, did you find a way of, of training those or honing those or did you simply have to hire people with those? Yeah. Well, I think when I, when I hired people, especially for the floor, because um, they're the ones dealing with the customers the most, um, I tried to look for, um, first of all, like... Uh, are they polite and nice and friendly people? Um, kind of important. 
Yeah. And then, but then also, are they intelligent? And I mean that like in the broader sense of the word, not, not like academic intelligence, but um, can they solve problems on the fly quickly um, and just keep adapting to the, to the situations they find themselves in? Because if they can do that, um, uh, yeah, they might, they might get the order. They might mess up an order here or there or whatever. They can sort it out. They can sort it out. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and I call that a common sense line. You know, like, yeah. so like, you know, um, yeah, I try and hire people that have a common sense line equivalent to yours. And yeah. the thing, you, you know, you can say to someone, please wash those buckets there. And you don't have to tell them, you know. How to. How to, yeah. yeah. It's like, wash the soap out of them. If you have to say wash the soap out of them, well, then, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, it's common. You know, and 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 that common sense line varies depending on oh, yeah. on on who and what the job is. You know, and yeah. and and um, that's. I think that's the hardest part as as, as a hire or an employer is to get those people in tune with what you're doing. Yeah, and it's common sense. It's like you can say in the fewest amount of words, you can ask them to do something, and it gets done better than what you could do it at. Yeah, and I think that's success in hiring. You know, that's yeah. You know. And I think was, we were really lucky as well. There is that we had we had a couple of people who worked for us over the years on the floor, especially who were brilliant, and um, and it also meant that I could. We had longevity too with them. Yeah, you know, I was, you know they were yeah. happy with their job. That, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, you know, and there was no. Well, that was also the, one of the most. I mean, the most one of the most important things that uh, I tried to, to do is to develop a good culture, a good work culture. Like, um, you spend so much time at work. This has been said a lot, but you spend so much time at work, and so you want, to have a, you want it to be enjoyable. Yeah. Mm. And, and everyone in the, in the cafe can feel that. You can't hide it. Like, if, if, the, if the staff aren't happy to be there, uh, it's going to be clear. And, and then they're not, gonna, they're not going to... Um, the, yeah... Uh, they're not going to do. The, they're not going to follow the principle of um, make sure the customer is happy if they're miserable. It, yeah. it becomes much harder. You set the tone for the cafe as a team, as a service team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's important as well. You know, as an owner, you need to turn up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that that's a misconception in cafe ownership is that I'll buy a cafe and it'll run itself. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I think that's into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, and and I certainly thought that might be. You no, know, I didn't think that when I bought. You know, when, when we bought our cafe, like, I, I thought to a certain degree it would be a business, and the, the you know I'd never owned a business, and mm. and that the thought of that business, the 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 concept of owning a business was that it would I would pay some money and it, for it, and in return it would give me um, some payment in return. Does that make sense? And yeah, but. That's that wasn't the reality, or my perception of that. I mean, it did in the end. Yeah. But but the perception of how much work needed to be done for that to happen, you know, required me to be present, available, and committed to it. Yeah. And and, and 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 I think when when people buy a business, unless you're buying something like a uh, a car park 
or something that, you know, <laughs> you know even then, yeah. you know, but, or like, you know, a car parking lot or something that, you know, if you, if you own, I think that the you don't heart, have to be there you, at the booth. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the only buying a McDonald's, perhaps a systemized business, but, yeah, but, but even, otherwise you, you're buying even, yourself even, a job. Even then, even then, but you know, I, I, the exchange for money, the exchange, <clears> if you're exchanging money for, for a passive income, I, you know, I don't think the cafe is. Oh it. yeah, no. the cafe is not it. You know, I think I think the exchange of money is for the opportunity to um, grow, to to see what it's about, to better, yeah, and serve great coffee. You know, there's all these other things that you know, I, you know, I always fear of people opening a cafe with a silent partner for that exact reason. Yeah. You know, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because you also, like, you have to, um, when you're in there, you convey so much in the way that you act um, that is unspoken that you can't, you couldn't convey that um, by telling someone, this is how I want you to be. Yeah. Mm. They, they, pick it, they pick up on it yeah. unconsciously. Yeah. Um, and same with the customers, because the customers think to themselves, this is the sort of place where, this, where people treat me like this, where things run like this. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you, and, and I think on that note, you, you were and you and Mark were able to then get the right staff in place, so service is sorted, right? And once service is sorted, you can then focus on the detail, and that's where you excel because you know those levels of those levels, you know, so service is sorted. Everyone's got coffee and water, and then you know the small little issues that happen, like someone you get their avocado or whatever, they're all taken care of. Mm-hmm. So then you can really focus on the detail. You know, and you can just see, like, Mark's latte art, for example. Like, you know, his latte art was exceptional. You could see all of his, 100% of his focus going into that cup because you had the rest of the stuff sorted. Yeah, that's right. And likewise. In the kitchen, too. Yeah. 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 If you feel feel like, and uh, when you're on the floor as well, that's really important. If you feel like you're walking over substandard coffee or food to the customer, it's hard to project confidence because, yes. you, because you don't feel it. Yes. But if you're... I'm not really here. Exactly. You're like, you're, you're like I'm, here you are. I'm really sorry about that. But, uh, <laughs> Let's swap that one out. <laughs> but, um, so, what, so, so I suppose that, you know, the, the next question I've got for you is what did you learn about coffee? I mean, being not a coffee person, right? Yeah. You know, you know from, from prior to the table view, you know, what, what did yeah. you learn about coffee? Well... I always, I mean, I've always liked, I've always sort of, not always, but I was around coffee from a pretty young age because I I used to work at All Press in Sydney um, when I was like in my late teens. I went there for a few years. I forgot about that. But it's, yeah, but 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 even there. What were you you doing there? Well, I started off as a dishy and then I uh, started uh, working on the floor and in the retail section. Is that Epson on Epson? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With a big roaster. Yeah. which was a really good experience. And actually, that's where I think I learned like, the attention to detail. I had an amazing uh, manager there called Maureen Pappas. Um, and uh, yeah, she just had an amazing attention to detail. And so she'd say things to me like, uh, could you go clean the, um, like the magazine racks? Like inside there, there's a bit of, a bit of dust. Uh, things that you'd never notice. Uh, like the average customer would never notice. And, and that's sort of where I... I realized, oh, like, uh, she sees everything that's going on here, even though you, even though, um, and she'd have a way of uh, talking to the staff to, to get them to do things um, 
uh, without feeling bossed around. Um, Shared away. Yeah. And so that was a really good experience in that, in that regard. But in terms of the coffee, um, I've always really liked coffee, but I, I'm not like my brother. I'm not, I don't get into it. I'm not so concerned about, um, like, uh, like I never, you know, TDS coffee or... Um, but but if, if, if someone gave me... If Mark, Mark would often sort of use my palate as like a, an everyman's palate. Like, how is, awesome. the, how is the coffee? It's good. Uh, it tastes good today. I like it. Or uh, it doesn't taste quite right. But I couldn't tell him... Like maybe I could say it's, it, bit, it tastes a bit under-extracted or over-extracted, but that's about the extent that I could go to. Whereas Mark would be like, you know, he gets into flavor descriptions and um, dissol- dissolubility. Is that it? Solubility. Solubility. That just means you're his like <laughs> tuning fork. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like he already knows it. He probably already knew it was good or bad. But if you said, "Oh, it's not so good today," he knew he knows why. He just needs confirmation, and then he knows what to fix. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it was it was good in a sense because like so I, like I love good coffee, uh, so thank you guys. <laughs> um, and our customers were the same, but most of our customers were not like they were you, not like you, you guys but, or Mark. They were but, more like me. But yeah, that's right. But you <laughs> yeah. knew what they did and didn't like, you know. And yeah. I think that was key. It was like you were the window to the outside for Mark. Yeah. It's like you know you you know if you liked it, then you know the lady coming in with two cap- with a cappuccino with two sugars, whatever. Yeah. You know, he just knew with confidence that that was good. That was going to work. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, exactly. I don't know, but what I learned about coffee is, is it, it's difficult. Um, yeah. Does great coffee matter? Does it matter? I mean, it matters in that... So when I said earlier that I just wanted to give people a good experience, um, it matters in that regard because... Um, Good coffee makes your life a little bit better. Yeah, like, but just the great coffee by itself isn't enough, right? You know, no. It needs you need everything else. Yeah, because if you get a if you get a good coffee takeaway and then you're standing in a parking lot, um, like with with bins overflowing, people smoking cigarettes, <laughs> um, that still might make life a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're sitting in a nice environment with good music and people who are being uh, looking taking care of you. Then it makes life, uh, you know, not not massively better, but significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Did you ever have like a, in terms of learning something about coffee? Did you ever have a moment where you just said something to a customer or someone? You're like, oh, and so did you surprise yourself about like? Did you just pick stuff up from working next to Mark or? Yeah. Um, the thing is that usually. Like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, most customers wouldn't engage me about coffee. Yeah, you know. But um, and then the ones and people who were really into their coffee, I sort of um, I made it clear that I don't really know a lot, and you can talk to Mark if you are, <laughs> if like if you want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in terms of like, I was more always more interested in like sourcing. Like, because uh, because my background, uh, academically at least, is in human rights and international relations, and so the idea of like direct trade um, was very interesting to me. But that's often not what the consumer is interested in. Mm. Uh, I think people do like to to think that um, their habits with consumption are ethical, but it's not at the forefront of their minds when they're buying a coffee. 
No. Um, but yeah, I think. Well, that, I think yeah. that's we could probably learn from that as well. What what would what would um, what would you like to see in coffee that would you know that would make the industry better? Yeah. You know, as far as the ethical side, so you know, like you know, we we're on this side of the planet and the f- growers on the other side, and yeah, you know, that communication is difficult. Like you know, yeah, I can imagine it must be yeah really hard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, it would be nice. The thing with coffee, it's it's like in the wine industry, say it's it's very easy to um, to like to charge a lot of money for a good bottle of wine, and people don't question that. But when it comes to coffee, um, it's not looked at in the same way. And so um, differentiating your, your product with, in price is very difficult. Like um, people are, like let's say your coffee costs a lot more uh, as a cafe than the place next door. It's hard to charge 50 cents more for it because people still identify it as coffee. They yeah. don't identify it as mm. coffee from this village in Kenya or, yeah. or whatever it might be. So, so that makes it difficult. Um, and I think it's, it's, not just, it's not just in coffee, it's in so much like um, people don't, when you're, when you're buying a product, how often do you really think to yourself, how is this produced? And like, what were the lives like of the people who produced it? And what percentage th- of the I think, money? I think that's changing. I hope so. Well, I see, but, it, with the, I see it with the younger population, right? I just see that they're more in tune with where is this from mm-hmm. and you know is it they look at the label is it organic is it not yeah you know you know I see that happening more um, than when I was oh yeah in my 20s it's um, improving yeah. it's improving but I, I still think like at the yeah maybe it is a generational thing but, but I think and I think it's still sort of at the margins yeah totally. because the vast majority of people are mainly concerned with price and quality. And the quality part is obviously important. Um, and yeah. the, 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 like you said a, a moment ago, the, the, the fact of price, and we go back to that, you know, that, that age-old discussion on price, I mean, you know, they can come to your cafe and they get great service and filtered water and awesome coffee, and then they can go down to the fish and chip shop down the street where, co- where coffee's not cool, and they can pay the same price for coffee. Yeah. And, and not, stand, stand in the car park and drink it out of a takeaway cup. Yeah. You know, and, and it's the same price. Yeah. And, you know, some people say, well, that's a great opportunity because that's the commodity price and we can do all this with the same money. Yeah. Or we can do that. But, um, um, yeah. I, th- I think until that changes, it's, it would be difficult for, um, for the producers in those producing countries to really to benefit in the way that they should in the same way that wine producers do, yeah, say. Totally. Do, you, do you think you could have charged more for your coffee? For the largest, yes. For the small, maybe. I don't know. It, it's so hard to know beforehand. Yeah, I, know, I know there was a lot of resistance, you know, for changing prices, making sure that it, yeah. was, it, was, it was, you know, accessible for all of your customers and all the people in brands, which you know, yeah. I admire. That was a great... I think that was great to, to not push the prices up so high that people couldn't come and drink every day and I think that's part of the success of your business was yeah yeah that's always that's always so difficult I mean because you, you, you can't know ahead of time and we're not like a, a large co- corporation that can have like uh, um, research you know mm. researchers to, ask to, to try and check what the demand will be like once you change the prices yeah 
That'd be so, nice. So to be yeah. honest, I haven't actually consumed a coffee in Brunswick Heads outside of Tableview. Hey. <laughs> I don't. I have, no, <laughs> I have no idea what anyone else charges. Yeah. Um, but are you guys more expensive? Because I know Nico, you always suggest like, you know, dude, you are like, you know, when talking to prospective accounts, like, you are buying premium specialty coffee you should be charging more than the guy down the street yeah and and where did you guys stand in brunswick heads on that front i think we were the first to charge four dollars for a small Mm -hmm. um but did did everyone follow suit quickly after like immediately yeah so (laughs) it goes to show you though right yeah you know isn't that isn't that incredible yeah isn't that incredible everyone's resisting putting prices up because because of competition and then all yeah. of a sudden you decide oh we need to charge more and you charge more and then everyone else changes their price and you're like yeah. you know in some worlds that's colluding <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the fair market but you know you yeah. kind of go well maybe that could have been 450 yeah, you know but, but I, I, i'm not saying that in an opportunistic way but it's just so hard to make money in coffee you yeah. know and a 20 cents i think i think we did some calculations of 50 cents in a standard cafe 20 25 kilos a week you know, 30 to 50 cents extra is a wage. Oh, yeah. That's one extra person. Yeah. So the question is, would you be happy to spend that money on staffing and giving a better opportunity, giving, giving a better, not opportunity, better, a better um, um, uh, service? To your customers? Yeah. Um, uh, and charge a little bit more. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah, but it only works if if uh, if, you do if revenue stay if revenue increases and you don't lose business because of the price rise. Yeah, yeah, and that's such a difficult crystal ball to look into, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, you don't have it. Yeah, you, you don't have it. But I mean, yeah, if I was bolder, I would have. Incre- the thing is, that it stayed the same for quite a while, and and all, all costs go up. Obviously, you have inflation, and then the cost of the price of coffee changes it it's normal so you have to change your prices eventually um but it's hard to stay ahead of that because what ends up happening is all your costs go up and then you lift the prices just to meet the increase well well, you lift your prices because you're not making as much you need to instead of being proactive and saying well it's you know yeah you know and and if you look back you probably could have been ahead of it a little bit more right yeah that's but but that's that's the learning process yeah and we're the same Exactly. You know, we're the same with, exactly. our, with our kilo prices. It's the same thing. You know, it's, it's a battle. It's a frustrating thing as well in some ways because like when you are differentiating yourself or trying to um, and you are producing a, a, high, pro, a high quality product, um, you know, that, uh, theoretically that should be rewarded in the free market. Yeah. Um, and the thing is it might be, but if you don't, if you, you have to take a risk and yeah. check that it's going to happen. And doing that can be detrimental. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's so difficult. And but I guess sometimes, sometimes that reward comes in just increased traffic, yeah. increased trade. That's true. Uh, you, you, all, things, all things being equal, you keep your price the same and, and you're, you're busier than you would be otherwise. That's true. But uh, it, I certainly, I f- it's a frustration to me, you know, work, working here and, and loving our product and, and seeing the attention to detail that goes into it and you know we we really barely charge appropriately but mm. but we kind of charge you know what the market is yeah and and someone you know down the road from 
a cafe that serves Marvel Street will open up serving a substantially cheaper blend and charge the same price. And, yeah. and it, I, I, feel, I feel for the cafe that's doing everything right and working really hard and charging appropriately using an amazing product. That's, and, that's, yeah. the, that's the free world we live in, though. Right? That, that is it. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and yeah. unfortunately, and that, uh, the drinker doesn't see the differentiation. That's, that's my frustration, is that people don't... Like, like what you were talking about with wine. Like, it, it's obvious with wine that there's a, a distinct difference between, uh, you know... Well, we hope the, we hope the customer, you know... Yeah. Knows and I think and I think you know I think you know your uh, table view was one of the busiest cafes in Brunswick Heads in the, in by the end right given mm-hmm. its given its size yeah you know there was obviously some larger cafes in Brunswick Heads but they're just obviously they would do more mm-hmm. by virtue of seats and everyone else being full yeah you know and um, I think I think um, you proved that if you do it well and you charge right. Then, because you know, it wasn't cheap, no. Um, in the end, um, you make money and you're busy, and and hopefully life is good. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> how was how was how was selling the cafe? It was hard. <laughs> it was tough because um, because I think uh, as you, especially when you're a first-time business owner and and, and you're young, um, you learn a lot very quickly. In doing it, you learn about how to deal with staff and customers and suppliers and issues that come up all the time. But and you get prepared for new challenges throughout. But selling seems to be completely separate, yeah. like a completely separate skill. Totally, um, it's, it's something that uh, a business broker or a real estate agent um, does. But, 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 but I also think there's there's a few things like 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 if you buy a business hmm. and you've done it, there's the one success in that. Like it's not just handing over money. It's like you you know you. Yeah, you, you, you can't just go and buy a business. You know, you've got to obviously tick all the boxes. Landlord, um, you know, banks. If you're lending money, there's so many, there's so many um, um, hoops to jump through to get to buying a business. So yeah. you do that. That's one success. Mm-hmm. Then you're left with this business, and then you've got to make it profitable. If you make one dollar, that's another success. And then if you can pay yourself a wage, that's another success. And I think you know yeah. you keep going along this 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 route. And then the last thing, I mean, you know, like I said to Mark, was there's, there's two awesome times in your life when you own a business. It's when you, when you buy it and mm-hmm. then when you sell it, you know. And, 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 and if it's, you know, you know, at Marvel Street, we have a 100-year plan. Like, you know, you know, the only way that I can function on a daily basis is to have a 100-year plan. In a 100 years' time, 100 year plan. 100-year plan. Well, that's the only way I can function. If I, if I was to say, well, you know, you know let's, let's plan towards selling this thing in two years' time, like, I just, I just go surfing. I just go surfing instead. You know, I just can't <laughs> operate like that. So the only way I can operate is like, hundred years. So in hundred years, it's greater than greater than me, greater than the sum of all of us. You know, it's just this is big. It's this bigger thing. Yeah. But then, you know, you know, that process. It's another. It's another box to tick. You know, selling the business. You know. Um, yeah. Um, it's and, super. It's super tough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, I, I, kudos to you guys. I mean, you were so bold. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, and you did it well. I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have gone about it the same way, though. Actually, I'm not sure. But that's the, the, something the, the, you don't the, know well, before. Well, the result was there, right? You know, yeah. one buyer, and you know, yeah. Um, you know, um, and it worked out really well. Um, Brian, the new owner, used to work for us, and he was there. 
um, when we changed the menu and really um, sort of pushed the more the Scandinavian side of things, which for us was quite an authentic move and was also really important. Um, so it's really nice that he's he's taking it over. And um, yeah, but the process is I think it's uh, it's very difficult because um, you're you're trying to sell something that is very personal to you, and uh, and separating the business from the personal is difficult. Yeah, because like the when it comes to when it comes to discussions of price, um, you often feel like that's a reflection on your own self worth or your own. It's a, it reflects. Um, this is worth more. Yeah, because because you have all this emotional attachment, attachment to yeah. it, which is not economic, yeah. and um, and so I think in some ways it might be good to have uh, to have a third party that's impartial, um, maybe a broker, maybe not, but just to just to assist you and maybe even in things like uh, valuation, that sort of thing. So how would you have done it differently? Well, I think initially, well, so, so we we were bold in the sense that we put an ad in the, the back of the Echo that said, like, uh, don't miss your chance to buy a thriving business in a booming town, which I thought was good. I thought I came up with the ad, so I thought it was good. But you, um, but you also put on Instagram. Oh yeah, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> when you did it, I was I was in between. That is fucking awesome, and I'm fucking horrified. Yeah, you know, no, I, I, and I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out like part of me going, "That is awesome that you're telling the world," but it's also more so horrified for the repercussions of that. Yeah, I know. but 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 as it stands, that was the best thing you could have done because if you're going to do it, tell the world. Yeah, that's maybe. it. Tell the world, like you know, like yeah. and 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 if you and if and if. You, you run your business well and you look after your staff and you look after all your customers, everyone should be happy for you. Yeah. You know, they, you know they, they should be genuinely happy for you. And the people that say, well, you're selling and I'm not working for you or you're selling and I don't want to come here anymore. I mean, you know, they're not customers. They're not, they're not reasonable people. Right? You know, they, yeah. they should be happy for you. you know? And I'm sure that 99% of your customers that don't see you now in the morning would be wondering... I wonder what he's up to. You know? <laughs> maybe that Instagram page has to like has to be pop- populated with some more images. Yeah, maybe they'll think I'm I'm dead <laughs> like if they based on my Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but we we weren't so worried about um, losing staff. We weren't really worried about losing customers. But it. it uh, but that, that, that that's the fear of most people that are selling businesses. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But maybe it was foolish that we weren't worried. <laughs> But we didn't. Um, we didn't know how to do it. That's the thing. It's like initially we just sort of talked about it with some people that we knew and, and tried to keep it uh, relatively discreet. We had a discussion, right? And I, yeah. and, I, and I said, "You know the person already. Mm. Like they've either worked for you, they've either come here and and, and been a customer, um, but you, they you, they know you through another person, you know." And I think, yeah, from every cafe that I know that's been sold well, that's not with. Uh, liquidators or yeah. just well just at an asking price and sold then yeah. I think that's been 100% of the case yeah I also think uh, my brother and I thought it was going to be easy <laughs> well, so, well, well, easier I, I, well you put the ad up in yeah. at Christmas time last year didn't you oh, thereabouts oh, no I think it was like it was it was no no it was soon like, after uh, March like about March 2017 yeah and you wanted it to be out by June I yeah, think. well, we thought we'll put it up in a couple of months. We'll have an offer, and you'll you, you'll, be, you'll be in the states studying. Yeah, and move the conversation. Easy, but it didn't work out like that at all. Um, but the good thing, I think, the really good thing was, and that maybe this is is advice: um, get out before you really want to get out. Think about the exit way before you have. To, you're forced to think about the exit. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, because like we still, so we put it up for sale. But I still enjoy going into work every day, and I still, I still like the place. But if I got to the point where um, I was really sick of it, that would have, like we talked about earlier, in terms of like uh, projecting the way you feel to your customers, that would have been obvious. Everyone would be like, "These guys are sick of this," mm-hmm. um, and then the quality would go down, and that's going to affect your ability to sell as well. Mm-hmm. So, well, that 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 lack then that affects you know. Everything. That affects everything. You know, you can't. I don't think you can hide that. I mean, to a certain extent. No, you know, you you know, there's conversations about that all the time, right? Like, you know, you talk about a business or a cafe, and it's like, oh, I think he's over it. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's the, you know, used, or it used to be good, or he's no longer there, or you know, and she's no longer there, or you know, and, and that's just it's just like writing on the wall. We, and yeah, we have gone surfing. There's a, sniff, <laughs> there's a sniff of blood in the water yeah. and, you know, yeah. everyone has oh, a it's good. That, that, that's good advice, you know, and I think that's part of selling it on the high. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. also really, like, hard on your staff if you say this is it or if you tell your staff, hey, well, look, we're selling secret. That's really hard. I've oh, been yeah. in that situation where you... Maybe even customers have heard a murmur of it and then you've got to keep your mouth shut and... Forced to lie. Yeah, yeah, mm. and it's not really nice. So I think all of those kudos things. to you guys for just... When that conversation, I mean, if you'd imagine that conversation with a customer, it's like, oh, I heard it's for sale. And the conversation might be like, oh, I'm not sure, maybe. <laughs> or it's like, <laughs> and I, heard, it's just, I heard it's for sale. Yeah, it is. I wish the boys so much luck. I hope they... Hope they can. You know, they, they want to go. To, they want to do travel, and they want to do this. They want to do that, and mm. that can be a really inspiring conversation, right? Yeah, mm. you know, could be. You know, yeah. You know, and I think you miss out on that. And yeah. Then, yeah. I think it all. I think when it comes, it's always there are always pros and cons to both. Yeah. Because the conversation might go that way, but it could go another way as well. Um, it's so hard to know what to do. So I think like you just got to make your decision and deal with it. How was it dealing with landlords and? And um, and and um, the legal system on the exit. On the exit. Uh, well, we were uh, we were really lucky with our landlord. He was always really easygoing the whole time. That's awesome. Yeah, that was fantastic. And then uh, the legal aspect. We are, again, like we actually we hired a really really good lawyer. So I was happy with that, um, and that that really helped help things because, um, as I said before, like you don't. It's something you don't know. Well, I knew nothing about. You're just trying to sell the business from a legal perspective. I mean, I've, I knew very, very little. And so having that support was good. It's expensive, <laughs> but it's good. Um, it's thousands, right? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Thousands. You don't realize uh, that those little phone conversations can be so expensive. Yeah, it's like $300 a minute. <laughs> you, you get That's the, what it feels like, right? You, you get the breakdown and you're like, wow, that conversation was a lot of money. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But kind of worth it from a peace of mind perspective, and you have to do it because you could you could lose a lot, a lot more if you don't. Um, yeah, no, but th- that part was the ne- the whole negotiating. The whole negotiating is difficult. It's a it's all it's all games. It's all it's all mind games. Well, you 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 or you you know, and I think that's the part that's not enjoyable is the business side, right? Cause yeah. You, you you do the handshake, and then the solicitors get in there and start fighting. You know, yeah. they, you know they get in the ring. They're doing their job. They, they get in the ring, and yeah. it's like. You know, yeah. My experience is you got to just. Uh, I don't, I don't, actually, I'm not going. I'm not going to advise anyone on, on this one. It's like no, neither will I. Have have some. It's very situational, I think, as well. Like yeah. who, like who, who's the buyer? Yeah. And um, 
how do you deal with that person? Yeah. Like, uh, it's, if, you, if you have like, there are probably some good general rules, but I think you, you have to get a feel for who the person is you're dealing with and treat them like a person. Yeah. As best yeah. you can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just be honest. Yeah. Difficult because yeah. the lawyers also, yeah. they tr- they, and it's part of their job, is they remove that personal contact you might have between yeah. them. Yeah. And that, that, and, and that can make a small issue a real big one. Yeah. Because they're doing their job because they've got to get the most for their client. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Exposing stuff. Yeah. yeah. You have one too many seats at the front that affects your turnover. Yeah, exactly. Or something. Exactly. Half price. <laughs> <laughs> you take $100,000 off. Yeah, exactly. It sounds fair. It sounds fair. Um, cool. Um, I, I've got one more question. Please, I'm enjoying myself. Fire away. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee's working. You probably have to. You probably have to. Get now, to this is work. This okay. is work. This is work. I think. I think Joe needs some more coffee. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Linda used to really love coming in and speaking to you. Like, you know, yeah. like you know, she was like, it was like, Linda's great. What are you going? Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Let's go see Al, Mark. But um, where to? And and she always talks, asks me what where where to next for Al. What's Al doing? What's Al doing? What's Al doing? Uh, you know, and um because um, you always have these, you know, um, maybe it's naivety again. Maybe it's awesome that you have these. Like, uh, are you going to the states and studying? Is that is that is that open? Is that, mm. Sorry, am I supposed to say that on? on yeah, yeah. So, no, no. What, but okay, I, okay. I, the I'm question. Not, I'm not though. <laughs> oh, the question. Where to for Al? Well, at the moment, I'm applying for. Um, different courses to do a master's overseas in either um, Europe, Germany, or the Netherlands at the moment, or uh, Canada. I'd love to go to the States, but I would need a scholarship, and I don't know if they're going to give it to me. <laughs> um, Berkeley, are you listening? Berkeley, yeah, that'd yeah, be Berkeley? great. That'd be wonderful. I know someone who's studying at Berkeley. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'd be very happy to go to Berkeley if you can, if you can get me in without uh, spending all of my windfall from the cafe in, in a year. <laughs> Um, but uh, and what were you studying? Uh, well, well, what would you like to study? Well, the the course I really want to do it's in it's based in Berlin, but it's in Berlin, New Delhi, and Buenos Aires, and it's called Global Studies, and you study globalization and culture, society, and it's really about um, st- studying how the world is changing so rapidly to become more interconnected and interdependent, and um, so really big ideas. Uh, very broad, but with a with the possibility to to focus on whatever you find most interesting and um, develop your research skills. And to also, and the, the main draw there is just to, to be able to live in so many different places. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's what I'm really hoping for. And where would you hope to get in? What's, where, where where in the world if you were to go? Uh, well, I really like Berlin as a city, so that would be like just that. I, I would also like to go to America, but um, we'll see. Not sure. Yeah. Awesome. But for me, it's more just, um, I'm not so concerned with like what I do. It's more um, where I go. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, but even then, like I'm, I'm pretty open to whatever happens. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good recipe for fun. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think maybe that's part of the lesson of the cafe in a way, because um, we had like a we had a business plan, but it sort of went out the window quite quickly <laughs> because we realized like uh, you can't. It's so hard to. I mean, you have to make some sort of plans because I think it gives you a good structure in terms of what you're doing. But um, it gives you confidence to move forward too. 
Yeah. You know, you need, you need a plan, right? You know, yeah. Whether it's written on the back of a serviette or it's typed out on some yeah. A4. And it, it depends on the business too as well. Like if, yeah. you, if you have major like capital outputs, you need a plan. Yeah. But with something like the cafe, um, once you have a, a structure in place, it's more about, well, at least for us, um, adapting and then planning again and then seeing what happens and adapting. And, and that works, I think, I hope, in, in life as well. Yeah. Especially if, you've owned, if it's only your first business. Like yeah. if you owned five cafes before, you've probably got a template for That's true. six different types of businesses. You know, you'd probably know what you're going to do. But yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think... Um, did it change more than once or did you just... I think in, in small ways, but it changed in one... In it definitely evolved way. very quickly. Yeah. Like there was, lots, there was lots, of, lots of, you know, revolutionary moments in, in Tableview where there was like a clear line. You had actually deliberately made some big changes, but you didn't, maybe they didn't seem big, but externally you could see them. Yeah. Well, there was, uh, yeah. And there was one in particular, which was we, we um, opened up the kitchen and changed the seating. Not not an enormous thing. And, and sorry, and changed the menu. And that would have cost money. It cost money, absolutely. And, 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 and was that cost, like, could you just spend the money? Like, or was it difficult? Uh, were, they, were, they big, were they bold moves? It was, I think the boldest move was changing the menu and moving it away from the more... Reuben sandwiches, which yeah. were... They were good, they were good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving, and cheese, Reuben sandwiches and cheese. Oh, Reuben sandwiches with uh, Gruyere cheese. That was good. That was good. <laughs> but... Um, but it, we sort of served more of the standard breakfast fare, which was um, and and lunch. But um, it wasn't like it wasn't just bacon and eggs. Nothing wrong with that either. But um, it was more close, more closely related to that sort of thing. And then we were bold and we said, um, "Let's do this more Scandinavian style food uh, because it comes from an authentic place." Because my part of my family is Danish, and I've lived. In, I used to live in Sweden, and my brother lived in Denmark. So for us, it seemed authentic to do that, um, even though it, it was risky because, like, uh, well, open-faced Danish sandwiches are called smørbrød, for example. And what the hell is that? Um, and if you, you're not Danish. If you're not Danish. No, exactly. You see that or you see bacon and eggs. Uh, if you don't know... You don't e- e- even <laughs> if you see open sandwich. Yeah, like, where's my other piece of bread? What, yeah. yeah well, what, is this, what is this bread? It's brown. There's, it's thin. There's sunflower seeds thin. Exactly. Um, but, but it worked. But it worked. It worked yeah. really well. Yeah. You know, it was fresh and yeah. new and, and from tasty a, and healthy. Yeah. And still What's, relatable to relatable. everyday people. Yeah, well, it wasn't so far away from... <clears throat> I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, your menu was probably the only one of its kind, you know, really. I mean, yeah. you know, there's no one else doing that kind of thing other than bruschetta or yeah. something, you know. It's, it yeah. it kind of came out of necessity as well, which is... Because we realized like um, the food the the food side of the business wasn 't as profitable as it should have been, and a large part of that was because of um, because it was such a small place it only had a certain capacity, and you could really only if at least the way we had modeled the business could really only afford to have one chef on, and the other menu required a lot of, a lot more prep yeah. and and the, the new menu and a la minute was difficult right if you don't yeah. want to make it right now it was, you know, yeah. the, that was difficult exactly but you, you, the way you designed that menu yeah. it was literally just build and send and build and send exactly and, and, and less waste and I could see the difference in your chefs yeah. the chefs were happier mm. you know because they, they could achieve it wasn't an unachievable goal I mean you know 
the standard cafe affair menu requires yeah. two chefs. It just yeah. does. And one's poaching eggs and putting toast in, the other one's building the plates. You know, and I, and I think yeah. it's the, if you can move away from that. Oh, the one day, <laughs> the, it was during Force Festival, so it was like 40 plus degrees. Normally in the kitchen, it must have been like 50 plus. Uh, the chef did like 140 dishes, 120 dishes on his own. Full menu, you know, like uh, poached oh eggs with your choice of sides. And, and he did it, and it was amazing. Like, uh, but it was, it was kind of, that was kind of part of a wake-up call that said, this is not sustainable. Yeah. Um, and do you want to do that? No, I mean, no. And that's, you yeah. don't want to put anyone through that. No. Uh-huh. He, I mean, he felt a sense of achievement at the end, and he actually kind of liked the pressure yeah. to an extent. But, um, but continual pressure like that, there is a point of failure. Yeah, and, and, and you can't and, be and, and, and that, consistent that, either yeah. in what you're producing. And, you, and I think, you know, we, we, Mikey, you and I talk about this all the time. It's like if we have to be so good at our job that no one else can do it, you know, um, then I think we've failed. Like, yeah. you know, it shouldn't be that difficult. You know, you know, like, you know, roasting coffee, we should be able to train someone to roast coffee mm-hmm. in a weekend, yep. not in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those higher order skills are, are difficult. Like the... Like it, there are some things that do require a lot of time, but uh, but the basic skills, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's just all the the what if you know do this if this happens you know yeah if this then that yeah, you know things go wrong. That's the stuff that takes a little bit more time to train, and part of it's the common sense line, and part of it's just like this is how it works here. Yeah, yeah. But you know, toast, avocado, some herbs, <laughs> some oil. That's pretty simple. Like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I think. I think. And for it's the, the care as well. Like, yeah, yeah to- totally. If the, if the care is there, there can be slightly variations to that theme, but you mm. can you can taste the care. Yeah, mm. and that's fine. But yeah. e- even on a, with a simple menu, though, you can really there's a huge differentiation with chefs. Yeah, like uh, mm. massive. What's it like hiring chefs? <laughs> Sorry, <but laughs> that's okay. He's baited you. <laughs> um, oh, that was that was a yeah. It's tough. It's yeah. really tough, especially here, where I think um, often it's very transient here, and, and and the job of a chef is like inherently transient. People move around a lot, um, and so when you find someone good, you really want to keep them. And there is a lot of there are a lot of problems in in the industry with chefs in terms of alcoholism and drug use, and um, it is a really stressful job too. You can't forget that. Like uh, when you do do 120 dishes on your own, um, you know, at high uh, under pressure. Um, that's going to have an effect on you too. So you, you can't ignore that. Um, yeah, but the sh- but uh, the sh- the chef hiring and firing is uh, is very difficult. Yeah, that's that's really hard. And it's actually the part of the business that probably well, when your business is profitable, it's actually the part of the business that brings you in the most money. Yeah, it's not the coffee. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's the, 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 high dollar ticket yeah. sales that bring you in the money you know if your food costings are under 30 percent mm-hmm. and your wage costings are under 30 percent can you achieve that did you achieve uh yes yeah cool so so you know then then, you, then that's when you're profitable and it's like if you're only making money on the coffee you can only be a takeaway coffee bar with you know muffins and banana bread right you know yeah you sustain the barista only like it really needs to be a one person maximum two person yeah place or there's just not the margin in those small ticket items so when you think about that you know and then you know the chef i mean it's just such a 
core. Oh, yeah. You know, the best places have great chefs and great support for chefs. You know, and I think that's... Yeah. And for the last, like, year and a half, we had a great, a great chef um, who was, like, uh, so, so easygoing. He is amazing. Incredibly organized. Yeah. Happy. He might listen to this, so it's yeah. not good if I compliment him too much. Oh, you can. <laughs> you, you can now. You know, he can't ask you for a pay rise. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. No, Tongi. Yeah, Tongi. Yeah. He might listen to this. But Hello, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh You know, but it was good about him was he was always relaxed and he, you know, he surfed. Like he yeah. managed to go surfing. Like he had a, he had a, he had a surf line on his <laughs> on his neck, which means that he goes surfing. Yeah, that's great Actually, to see. Like, see sunlight. Yeah. See sunlight. You know, and there's so many chefs that are. You know, you see them the in the light. morning. In, in, the, in the morning, in their in their in their Crocs. Yeah, and and checkered pants, and then in the afternoon in their Crocs and their checkered pants, and that's. And if you have to go, also if you, that's a in terms of feeling comfortable, which I think is yeah, as I said before, so important. Like. Um, with with Tongi or a chef who you have a good relationship with and you know is um, is consistent and, and really cares about what they're doing, um, you can feel you can feel good. Yeah, you can go in the back and be like, "Hey, Tongi, uh, come on, hurry up, please, you bastard! I'm waiting." You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he knows I'm joking, obviously. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. But that, and then the the dishy sees that, you know, and and they're like, "Oh, this is good. Like, uh, this come is a nice environment." and um, because it makes be, a difference. Yeah, and, and to be honest, most people go to work, you know, like after the money. Like you know, you don't go to really, you know, yeah. You, you, you want to have fun. Comes back yeah. to the culture. You want to have exactly. fun. You want to turn up and feel good and have fun and go home. You know, other than earning money. Oh yeah. You know, because yeah, if, if, if you're earning money, but you're miserable for eight to nine, ten, which is most chefs, right? Which is most chefs. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, that means that almost half of your life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, probably getting close to wrapping it up here. You know, um, fair enough. Um, uh, we we could talk for hours. You know, could. we've got heaps of room on this recorder. We could just keep going. But um, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm con- conscious conscious of your time. Oh, busy, now, now busy schedule. <laughs> I'm going to go go do nothing now. <laughs> thanks so much for you know the last three years, and we wish you so much luck in. Um, in your education endeavors and well, thank you so and much i hope that uh and i said to mark as well i think i said to you the other day you know if you need to come and spend some time with us you know you're welcome the doors open come and thank come, you so much come and hang out and, and uh, maybe i should say thank you to mark as well i don't know if i mentioned him enough yeah. but uh couldn't have done it without him have you heard from sure. mark since he left he's gone by the way he's in where is he is it well he was here last week was, was he here currently like last week he came in last week and was it last week yeah it was last Mo- week yeah? monday Mo- monday oh, last monday yeah. monday before last so where yeah. is he now well i think he's currently flying to new york from copenhagen i oh, say so he's done copenhagen already he's done oh, actually uh, i saw an instagram message from callum so he must have been in in yeah he goes some coffee, coffee to someone in denmark yeah uh, yeah coffee collective I think. but i haven't heard from him which means uh, he's having a good time yeah Right. <laughs> but he's definitely heading to New York. I hope so. <laughs> he should be. I love it. You guys are like joined at the hip for like three years and it's like... It's always like this. Yeah. It's always really close or not at all. Or the opposite. Yeah. So um, before we wrap it up, will you do it again? Maybe. I, I don't... I wouldn't say... I, would say, I wouldn't say never because before it was, it was never something I was really interested in. Um, so Maybe. Because, I mean, now you can see opportunities much more clearly, probably. You probably go, yeah. you probably see something, an offer came up, or you yeah. go, 
I'd be stupid not to. I know how to make this work. Yeah, but I think it's more. It, it would. It's a lot of commitment. Totally. So now I know that. So I know that. Also, yeah, I don't but think so. So is everything that's awesome, right? I know, but th- that's exactly it, though. But because that, I might want to dedicate myself to something pick, else. Pick your battles. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, probably you know, they're, yeah. they're probably three things, two things that I always tell myself is like pick your battles. Oh pick, yeah. And just fucking commit. Yes. Go. And then the reward comes back. Like it's a reward. I think the good thing about running a a business like a cafe, and we talked about this a bit the other day, is that once you've done that, um, it gives you a grounding, I think, I believe, to to do other things, like in business. You use those school skill sets everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've negotiated a lease, you've, you've negotiated a purchase, you've negotiated a sale. Yeah. You know, so you've done those legal things. And you've got money from the bank or someone and convince them to give you the money. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably the biggest hurdle. Yeah. Um, um, and then the bigger achievements are operating day to day and yeah. doing that well and, and enjoying it and reflecting back and thinking, you know, I've achieved, you know, I've achieved something that I thought I wouldn't have achieved. Yeah, exactly. And I think when I when I listen to you both both yourself and Mark, you you know you through everything there's this recurring theme of integrity, authenticity, and a desire for growth, mm-hmm. and and I think those are three of the things that I'm sure has made you successful where many others have failed. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, I certainly think, um, yeah. I mean, those, those, those are the pillars of... Because the thing is, like, if you're not successful, but you, were, but you were, were authentic and showed integrity and constantly uh, s- strove to improve, then if you're not successful, you can still leave... Well, you've uh, only happy. lost money. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, because you know, then, uh, then it's that good fortune, I yeah, think, that totally. you're missing out on, maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But, uh, but it, you know, I think l- later on in life you would reflect on that and not think about the money. Like that's not, oh, yeah. you know, that the money just comes and goes. And, and, yeah. you know, and, and the reflection is, I learned so much from that experience. Yeah, I already mm. kind of don't. I mean, obviously, like it's nice to, to sell a business and, and get paid for it. But uh, when I think about table views, I, I really don't think about the money we got. It was just uh, something I was proud of to do with my brother and, and some yeah. good people who were involved yeah. with it. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We really loved having you guys as part of the family. And, and uh, thanks so much. And Wish you so much luck in the future and can't wait to see um, where you go. Thank you so much. And um, thank you again. I, it's, uh, we couldn't have done it without you. So thank you. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Good Cheers, luck. Cheers, Alan.